0: Hello, this is the 29th episode in the Creative Flow podcast series. Hosted by Anthony Bellani and Kimry McKernan, it features discussions with thinkers and change agents important to the science of creativity.
1: We welcome Florian Russler, the founder of Cree Effective Europe and Asia, consultant, book author, and speaker. He's based in Munich, Germany, and works extensively in Taipei. Since 2008, He's been supporting organizations worldwide to strengthen agility, innovation, and effective collaboration. He received an MS in Creativity at the International Center for Studies and Creativity at Buffalo State College and intensive training as innovation facilitator. He has an additional master's degree in Munich and Taipei in political science, psychology, and sinology. Welcome Florian. Hello there.
0: Thanks for having me. We're so happy you're here today. Yeah, Me too. Thanks. L- let's jump in. Can you right. share the story of how you became involved in deliberate creativity?
2: Yes. So that story goes back, um, quite a while. It, it all started with an experience I had back in school that I was exposed very briefly, actually, only I was exposed to mind mapping. Um, a tool you might be aware for visualizing, structuring information and thoughts. And what that did is it was the first time um, that back I was 16, 17. And, and what the first time back then, that I became aware that there are, that thinking is not just somehow happening in my brain, um, but it's stuff that you can deliberately support. Um, and from that from that I started exploring back then um also look exploring into them um, other tools for thinking helped me think better and from that um perspective I then got exposed to back then to De Bono and uh, Edward De Bono stuff and thinking tools and uh, six thinking hats and from there one thing led to another and I did research and then I discovered there is the uh, International Center for Studies in Creativity and there's a whole program around it. So that but that's how it started. So all coming from a 45 minute mind mapping experience back in school um, that was so fascinating for me that it triggered that whole journey that I ended up then almost 10 years later um studying in, in Buffalo.
0: That's an amazing journey. I love that.
2: Yeah, it took a while. Yeah, yeah that's fun. <laughs>
1: uh mind mapping is one of my favorite tools. And uh, I've done a little bit of uh, uh, research into uh, Tony Buzan, Uh who uh, there's a a lot of sidebar stories about Tony Buzan that we could maybe talk about at another time. Yeah. Please describe your innovation strategy, uh, innovation and strategy consulting work. Uh, How do you help organizations collaborate effectively at scale?
2: Yeah, so that's what you what you just asked is basically the uh, the mission of our small company, creative. Uh, the company, had when people first read the name, nobody knows how to pronounce it or how to say it. So creative, it's like it came from all the way back then. It's like a mix of creative and effective. Um, we started out focusing on deliberate creativity uh, and innovation. However, we then and that was we will might get to that later. That in the course of working with customers around innovation uh, and creativity, we actually figured out that there are other things around that in an organization need to be in place for things to be effective. Um, so now what we do, apart from, apart from um, supporting companies and being more creative and being more innovative, we we basically broadened our scope a bit around Collaborating effectively at scale, so that would also include other patterns, um, other ways of working together in an organization. So not just to be innovative and creative and to solve problems in a in a, a collaborative, creative way, um, but also more more general, um, how to make decisions and also how to how to structure organizations in a way that effective. Um, collaboration and decision making can take place so that's why we, we take a bit of a broader um, a, a broader scope now where we see deliberate creativity and innovation as one aspect of collaborating effectively at scale but we would also really look about um, organizational design uh, distributed decision making um, this whole buzzword of agility would come in there and another one which is self-management or self-organization so that we try to find with customers, other ways, um, how to basically manage a complex world and, and the, the, the classical traditional um, hierarchy is not the best way to do this in, in a lot of situations. And that's where we work with customers to find alternatives that are more suitable for this open, complex, dynamic world.
1: Would you say that this, uh, was there an aha that led you to say, oh, we, this just bringing creativity and innovation doesn't cut it? Or was this an evolutionary process in the the growth of uh, Cree Effective?
2: Um, there was a trigger moment or an aha moment that in the to- in, in, indeed started um us and me thinking around this. And and I I share a story because it was really very interesting. So we were working with a customer um, back in Germany, a large um, tier one automotive supplier, and they were back then thinking around um, um, ways how to use all the the data that their parts, so they basically create parts for cars. And these parts are put into the cars, but they also create a lot of data. So they were thinking about how do we use that data in a in a in a creative way? Maybe also creating new business models. And we we facilitated uh, an innovation session with them, and it was actually a two-day event. And we we came up with solutions, and and higher-level decision makers were in there, and they got really excited about something um, a, a potential they they discovered and. What then happened is uh, I said, okay, cool. You you all seem to be very fascinated about that and that's a good direction. So what do we do now? Um, what are the next steps? And then those, those these were basically business unit leaders. So just one level below the board. And they looked into each other's eyes and said, oh, sorry, that that's not within my area. And then the second guy said, mm, yeah, you're right, but it's also not my area. And the third guy said, yeah, and it's not my area. This is actually a cross-collaboration thing. Um, and we would have to build something that 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 spans across our three units. And then they said, okay, uh, we would have to bring in the board. And then all three of them said, ah oh, no, that's too big of a hassle. Let's just drop it. And that was it. And 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 I was like, really? You gotta be kidding me. And they went, No, 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 that's that's just too big of a hassle for us. We just leave it. And um that was a moment well, for me, this aha moment was like, so th- the organization itself was somehow not able to deal with that new innovative concept that they had um, because it was too rigid and too, too stiff. And and they those people chose rather to drop it than to deal with it because it was too painful for them to go through the rest of the organization. And, and that was one trigger moment where... I realized okay so if we want to make innovation happen in organizations and support organizations to be more innovative it looks like we will have to look beyond just the creative process and the innovation management but we have to look into the organization into the organization as a whole to see um, how are we making decisions how are we structured and how do we allow for something like this to happen so that that really was an aha moment that led to a evolution, then in the sense of broadening our scope, and then also figuring out and researching, so how do we do this? And how can we support
1: what a powerful outcome?
2: Yeah, L- later on, then we were able to help them. But at that moment, it was very frustrating. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and you're really at the forefront of the future of work, right? How do you break down these silos?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, in, in, I I, th- I think that's all over the world, that's now a big um, topic that, yes, how, how does the future of work and also the future of organization or uh, an organization that is different from the one we've been using the last 150 years, how does that look like and how could that look like in many senses? So, yeah. Well,
0: can you tell us one or two of your favorite success stories of applying creative problem-solving in your work?
2: Yes, I take I take one um, that was also a few years back and it was also again so you said i'm in munich germany so a lot of a lot of the work is is in is in germany also so that was another um a company um and they they do um airplane engines so jet engines basically and um there was a fascinating uh, project we had with them where they were thinking about or they, they had some issues in there and you might have to help me with my english here with the armoring process or the plating process of their of their um, jet engines because that needs to be plated and armored so that it's because it's a security um, equipment so that needs to be very safe and there is there was like a chemical and it's called galvanic um, process on, on how to do that and they were having issues with it in the sense of it didn't um, get to the results they wanted and it was way too complicated and way too expensive so they, they said we have to figure out a different way of how to do this and, um I I basically facilitated again a, like a two-day session with them where we would apply uh, creative problem solving and, and and find ways um how to do this and yeah there was a moment where they all felt like no we're not getting there and um I would I would then say okay let's let's use um, analogies as a specific um, tool to think are there other situations where something similar happened and maybe we can get ideas from there? And we then analyzed a bit, so what's what's like the defining characteristics of that situation? And we, we somehow figured out it's actually similar to baking a cake. Uh, and the funny thing was I had 12 guys. They were all like engineers and all in their 40s and 50s, so very seasoned engineers. And then I had 12 um, seasoned engineers um, uh, thinking about how to bake a cake and describing how to bake a cake and discussing that and then, and then forcing connections between how, how you bake a cake and their waiting process. Um, and then suddenly, and they were, that was a really interesting moment because they were all at that point, they were all willing to go down that way and and to try And, and then we really got uh, our our breakthrough ideas came in that process where I had those 12 engineers then thinking about how to bake a cake and draw analogies from that and then they would really build on each other's ideas and at the end we 20 minutes later we had a way um, and that was a big also a big surprise moment for everybody then also when reflecting back because then they would they would tell even years later they would say well the way we solved this was about how to f- thinking about how to bake a cake um, and that was just such a beautiful, moment um where you could see what what could happen if if the people are 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 willing to try are open are curious and they got into a kind of a flow uh where they would support each other and and, then yeah we solved we solved that problem and that's always a nice and a good story to tell because in the beginning they were very skeptical and they wouldn't see where we where this would be going but then we got a breakthrough and that was um a beautiful moment
0: I love that, and this whole idea of applying process, right? And they might not have realized all the processes that were behind that that you used with them. So that's amazing.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Dr. Puccio would call that uh, an elegant solution. He loves the use the word elegant. Okay. (laughs) Um, You've you've developed uh, your consultancy. Uh, based on uh, observations of your clients' challenges. And and previously you were talking about how you broke out of uh, uh, simply offering uh, creativity and innovation uh-huh. into uh, uh, broadening out to organizational design. Um, how does innovation and creativity inform that, that bigger picture um, uh, consulting? Yeah.
2: Um. So I think, really, what I mentioned before. On the one hand, it was, um, it was the trigger um, for going down that, or for going into that direction, because innovation, that that was the, let's let's say that the kind of starting point or motivation. Say we need to be more innovative or faster going to the market or coming up with different concepts and solution, and um, from that we realized also, okay, we have to also think about the organization. So there's a very strong connect because sometimes the reason why we work with customers on thinking about how they they design their organization or redesign their organization, one of the, I call it the starting points or goals they would also have would be in order to be more innovative um, and to be also to be faster with new ideas to market. Um, And if you then start from there and say, if we wanna do that, um, what is currently in the way when you ask from there and then often you would end up with um, rigid structures, processes, decision-making processes and and then from there we could offer alternatives on, on how to do it differently um, using other patterns of collaboration and decision-making. So often what I would say is that creativity and innovation is often a goal or a challenge that organizations have that they want to deal with, and that would then lead to rethinking part of how they do things in general in their organization and how they structure themselves.
1: We've found the sky's the limit in applying uh, the outbound thinking, divergent thinking, mm-hmm. and uh, you've clearly uh, recognized that uh, organizational design and, and collaboration is open to that as well. It all fits, uh-huh. so very exciting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, and and I really love how it's not only strategy, but it's the tactics, right, of, uh-huh. you know, how do you make it happen then within the organization? Right?
2: And, and I think that's often where the bigger challenge is, right? So um, it's often, it's not a lack of strategy, but it's more like a lack of, and, and how do we do that on a daily basis and, and how, how can we get from where we are now to where we want to go? And um, this is then, so this is very then partly operational, but also partly you see where things are not working uh, in the organization and where you have to rethink how to do it better.
1: Well, to that point, uh, you shared in your previous uh, story about the uh, um, getting the engineers to uh, 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 accept the analogy of baking a cake. Uh-huh. Um, how do you you're addressing mind mindset and people's habits? And like uh, Kim said, it's it's more than just tactical change. Mm-hmm. What have what have your experience been in that sort of mindset change?
2: So um, my experience, on the one hand, it has been it doesn't happen overnight, um, so it's it's a, a process that takes a little bit of time. Um, I I think what, what one experience is, it does help if the the person supporting people or or let's say inspiring people for mindset set change feels like has a certain um inspiring function so that you you partly live what you want to inspire them um and so i've gotten that feedback that it would say it, it sometimes can be contagious in a positive sense right that you 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 emit that feeling yourself um and another thing another a nice word i once heard is um you inspire things but then there is what's called adjacent possible. So in the sense of where we are now, this is what you heard. This is where we are now. What's one thing that you can imagine to do now? So what's something that's getting you a bit out of a comfort zone, but it's not something where you say, this is, this is far too, uh, too far out there, or it's unthinkable for us, but what's an adjacent possible? And then we go there, and once they're there, then the next thing becomes adjacent possible. And and um over not too much time, there's actually that big changes can happen. But while it happens, it's more like step by step um pushing ourselves a bit, but also not too much. So in, in that sense of what's adjacent possible. Now that that has been one experience that I've I've seen sometimes, and it's also what, how we try to work with with people in in getting to
1: that change there's our new term of the day adjacent possible (laughs) yes
0: i love that um it's a lot of so i i work a lot with entrepreneurs florian and Mm -hmm. you know i think that the mindset for entrepreneurs is is similar you know that these um it's their personal time it's their um their dream so you know, you have to give them a path that's doable. And I, lo- I uh-huh. love that concept. You really have a great cross-cultural perspective because you've studied in the U.S. You work extensively in Europe. You work extensively in, in um, Taiwan and, and Asia. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where do you see global creativity community progressing in the future?
2: So what I, I can answer what, yeah, for my perspective or or some things that I currently um, experience and that were some trends um, that I see that I I found um, fascinating and I I can see that in different parts of the world. So some some things that were are new to me or recently were more um, new to me. So I I came from like in in Buffalo, it's a lot about creativity and creative problem solving, this creative problem solving approach. I've got exposed, and I found that very interesting in, in something called meaning innovation. So, not maybe basically just about the um, solving an existing problem in a, in a better way, in a more creative way, um, but also coming up with new um, visions and directions of where you think we want to be going in the first place. So, it's it's not solving a problem creatively, but Imagining um, new directions in the first place. Um, and there is a guy um, called uh, Roberto Verganti. So it's an Italian guy, but I think he's also a professor in Sweden. And he wrote extensively around that meaning innovation. And that has been one concept that I found very fascinating and that we've applied also with customers. And it's quite a very different approach um, to creative problem solving, um, but at the same time, a very complementary approach. So that's that's one thing uh that I that I found and then there's other work around um there is an uh, a Dutch um a Dutch uh, professor he's called Kees Dorst and he, he he's writing about frame innovation and and he has uh, in Australia he was he was heading it's called a center for designing out crime so that that was the name of it and they would very much apply um A designer's mind but not do design thinking in that sense because that's also very often about similar to creative problem solving but they would stay very long time on rethinking what the problem is and framing it differently and uh, i found that something very fascinating that um, we've been using more lately um and the third um direction i see that is has not been out there for too long. So I think it's it's around 10 years now is, is something called um, effectuation. So it's basically the science of entrepreneurial thinking and acting. And it's, it's kind of reverse engineering the way entrepreneurs think. And it's, it's, it's also basically a set of principles of how to innovate under conditions of uncertainty. And I found that also very fascinating and complementary to creative problem solving. um, Because that's then the point where you say, okay, now I have something, but what can I do now? And how can I start putting it into into action? Um, And effectuation offers some very interesting principles of how you would go about and how you could start doing something. And at some point, not overthinking or over planning, but getting to action. And so these were some some things, and and this originally I think started out from an Indian researcher then who, who who brought it into the community. So these are some developments that I that I see and find fascinating.
0: Well, you really got me thinking. I'm going to have to check out all of these, and uh, and I think this was it will open up more dialogue within our organizations uh-huh. and within uh-huh. our community. So thank you for that. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, how exciting that you have uh, several uh, new strands of uh, builds, and at uh-huh. the same time seeing resonance with the uh, the good old. Uh, it, it's almost like um, our creativity and innovation process is not the new kid on the block anymore. That there's uh-huh. uh, um, that that's almost like the uh, uh, the fair-haired uh, long-time system that others are building upon um like design thinking uh-huh. was but you've gone uh-huh. even beyond that uh very uh, uh very exciting um and yeah we're um uh, several directions to go uh-huh.
2: yeah i i read one thing about it which which i found very interesting it said it's not about uh one thing being better than the other but it's more like different situations a different way of doing could be more appropriate and they Need each other, right? But there are different situations where you might need a different approach. And so they all bring value, but sometimes one thing is more appropriate than another.
1: Absolutely. It fits very nicely with both and or yes, yes and. Exactly. Easily. So, um, yeah. and if who are we if we're not open to the new, right? Yes. <laughs> well, this has been uh, fascinating. Uh, um, and the You're not only uh, hearing you say that you found three new systems to apply. We wonder what you do in your spare time, but maybe that is what you do in your spare time. But what we love to ask all of our uh, guests is uh, tell us about your creative flow.
2: So that's when I get into a creative flow, right?
1: Yes, that's, that's the
2: question. Okay, so I actually, so you can see me also at the same time. So one ingredient for my creative flow is um, tea. So I, I'm a big that that's p- part of what I took from my time in Asia. So I'm a big tea um, fan, and uh, I, I spend uh, a good amount of money on good tea. Um, but for me, that that's one thing that that I don't know what it what exactly it does, but it it gets me into a state. Um, where it's more likely um, for me also to become creative, um, sufficient time for me and being in control of my time and and often, I mean, of course, you sometimes you never know where where you get things. But I, a lot of my work is actually conceptual and, and thinking about new new um, concepts and offerings for customers as well, um, and I tend to, what I found is I, I tend to work in this room where I'm recording this now. So I I created and decorated that in a way where um, it's rather easy if those three things come together. So this room, uh, tea, and time, that there is a high likelihood that I might get into a uh, into a creative flow. And the topic I have to admit is often ver- is more like, yeah, conceptual, Um, conceptual work around creativity organizational design innovation so these these are often maybe I'm very limited into what I think about but that's where I then get into a kind of flow
1: wherever it takes you yes I never know I, I I have to build on that are you uh are you familiar with the the greater ritual of the tea ceremony and things like that have you participated or is it just having great tea
2: uh, I have participated um it didn't stick with me uh as to that much but w- like where I so I, because I lived in Taiwan for for quite a while and they are the the they're the the most casual when it comes to this so like the Japanese have a very refined and and, and rather rigid ceremony um the Taiwanese are more casual when it comes to this so um this, this is something I can imagine, but I'm not, it's it's more about the, the process of drinking tea and making tea. And um, so my friends would say, yes, there is a ritual to it, but it's not very it's not very formalized the way I do it.
0: <laughs> Created your own creative flow ritual. I love yes. that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Florian.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was really uh, a great conversation. Thank you.
0: And thank you for listening. This is Kimberly McKernan
1: and Anthony Bellani.
0: We invite you to tune in again to the Creative Flow series. We hope you will translate your creative flow into action and that your actions change the world.